Hiring? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to over 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut to try it for free today. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash first cut. Back here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am your host, Chip Patterson. Kyle! You have returned uh, to your home base. You have been on the road for 11 days. You saw the U.S. Open. You saw Chicago. You got to go into the backwoods of Missouri, and you made it out alive without any kind of horror movie-type uh, stories coming from it. And, uh, and, and now we're, we're sitting here like, while you were on the road, you had to deal with a lot of things. There were big stories that did not matter as much, like uh, the President of the United States uh, driving a, a golf cart onto uh, the green, a, a faux pas at almost any golf cart, a golf course around the country. Uh, and then also, a very, very big stories, ones of greater significance, in my opinion, like the breakup of one of uh, the most beloved golfer caddy relations. And I would say... Let's let's start then. Of course, we're talking about Phil Phil Mickelson and Bones after 25 years splitting. In my short-lived uh, knowledge of being a golf fan, that's like one of the five caddies who I think I know his name. With others, you know, being like Ted Scott, uh, you know, the Stevie Williams, um, but fluff, this, fluff, yeah. But this is the this is the the partnership that's probably one of the most iconic and certainly long lasting in golf, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, before we talk about that, I, I want to say that I, so good, uh, Jonathan wall, good friend of the, the, I think the podcast as well as one of my good friends, um, set up a, a really cool trip for us, uh, in Missouri. We're in the backwoods of Missouri. Like you said, uh, I, I looked on a four wheeler, like Donald Trump looked on the green with that golf cart, <laughs> just, completely out of control did, like i didn't know what i was doing i mean come on president that's that's not good get no. off get off your green i don't care if you own it i don't care what party you are just don't don't drive a golf cart on the green that that uh, is something that should be able to be agreed on on both sides of the aisle you should there should be a, a constitutional amendment that you should be impeached for driving whoever you are for driving a golf cart on the green if Barack Obama did it, if Donald, whoever, like just impeach him, like automatic impeachment. Like um, it's it's very important that we provide all the disclaimers here that we are saying this as passionate fans of the sport of golf. There is no political oh, yeah. side to this. This is yeah. I don't I don't care about any of it. I'm talking about the the yeah the golf portion uh, of it. But uh, in terms of of Bones and Phil, that was um, <clears throat> it just out of nowhere. I mean, there had been. A, rumors, uh, rumors of rumors about a couple of different things that happened, uh, between them that I can't speak to with any authority or anything like that, but it didn't, it didn't seem like chip, like they were, um, the type of things that would, that, that wouldn't happen elsewhere. Just your little occasional rifts between players and caddies. I think it, I think it was more pronounced because, they are who they are. You know, they're, they're probably the most famous player caddy relationship maybe ever. Uh, and definitely of the last, you know, 30, 40 years. And so it, it kind of made you raise your eyebrows a little bit behind the scenes, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything egregious. It wasn't anything that would, that would make you think they would break up. And I think it, you know, they said this in their joint statement, but 
just little stuff over time adding up and just making you feel like you need to go in a different direction. And I get that. I mean, we, we all, that happens to everybody, you know, going, working for a different company or, or going to work for, um, somebody else like that. Just, it just happens. It's just life. I think they were such an institution though. It never felt like it was going to happen with them. What did you like? Cause the, so his work, Phil Mickelson's going to move on, um, with his brother on the bag and his brother, caddied for him at wgc mexico yep. and uh is it isn't wgc no is a different overseas trip but wasn't that when dustin johnson made the switch to his brother on the bag too from an overseas tr- uh, overseas tournament uh yeah it was in uh, uh where was it china i think he might have been playing in japan or the philippines somewhere like that and then he went to china and that was at that point that he just said, let's, you know, he didn't want to send his brother. He didn't want to pay for his flight back. So he was like, let's just, let's just keep this going. <laughs> was it weird? I mean, I was like, I, that was the first thing that came to mind when I was, uh, when I was like following up on the story and you pointed out that, uh, his brother had already done it for him and he'd done it overseas. Like I, I was just like, Oh, this kind of like uh kind of like the DJ move. But what do we know about Phil's brother in terms of uh, his relationship with him? And do you have any like, like outside of some of the fun that comes with being Phil Mickelson, like what do we know about his brother in terms of like golf? And is there anything, any takeaways moving forward? Well, his brother actually filled in for bones at, at Mexico because, uh, bones had some, uh, I think he had some intestinal issues, if you will, that day. Mm. So he was, uh, he was struggling. Um, but his brother was a former golf coach at Arizona State, coached John Rahm there. Um, Phil actually worked for him for a little bit as an assistant, which was a little uh, out of the ordinary. I think Phil might have been making some uh, some recruiting calls, some cru- <laughs> Phil doing some recruiting down at, down at ASU. Oh, baby. Uh, I, listen, my college football <laughs> senses are firing. I get it. I, I understand how that goes. <laughs> Uh, but then he is now, uh, I believe, John Rom's uh, manager. So kind of a lot going on there. I, I think it's a little bit odd that he's managing one player and caddying for another. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing for them. I have not read anything in like the last two days. They might have already announced that it's long-term. I don't know. But um, yeah, little little not odd, but it's just not necessarily what I expected. And I'm, I'm interested to see if he stays his caddy for the next, you know, five or 10 or however many years Phil plays competitively. How does the impact of the apparel or not the apparel, I say equipment's probably the most important. How does the impact of your equipment ties come in to some of that? Because you've got, uh, you know, Phil Calloway, John Rahm, TaylorMade, like, do mm-hmm. do they have the same impact there that we see in college basketball and high school basketball in terms of, um, you know, Adidas and Nike and sort of those things coming in to play with coaches where like Ben Howland, for example, longtime Adidas guy at UCLA, he wants to get back into it. Shocker, he lands at an Adidas school at Mississippi State. Uh, the coaches that are with Nike are pretty much never going to be seen jumping over to an Adidas school. Like, do, do those contracts and those deals and those relationships – um, do they set up the similar walls on the PGA tour? That's a good question. I, I, I don't, I don't think it'll be as much of an issue because so the caddy, I, I believe the way it's, it runs is they get a certain cut. It's a very small cut for wearing in bones. This case, a Callaway hat, a Callaway shirt, whatever. Um, but 
for uh, Tim Mickelson, Phil's Phil's brother. Obviously, he represents um, John Rahm as his manager, but he's not. I don't think that means he's like wearing, you know, Adidas tailor-made stuff around everywhere. Maybe it does. I don't know. But I, I, I presume that as Phil's caddy, he's going to be rocking the the Callaway. And I mean, it, it's very hard for me to believe that Callaway is going to be okay with uh, <laughs> with Phil's caddy wearing, wearing tailor-made. Do what? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Tim Mickelson cannot be wearing tailor-made while no, Phil is no. using the latest Callaway wedges to just hole out from you know sixty-five yards. Yeah, that will, that's definitely written into Phil's contract somewhere. Um, <laughs> unless he, he – Phil's probably somebody who would have, like, parsed through it and, like, had it removed or something. But, no, I, I – uh, it's a great question, and, and I, I, I think it would be a really interesting story. Somebody's probably done this, but just figuring out, like, what the caddy cut is on – because it's got to be different, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Like, Rory's caddy, JP, like, he, he has to get more for wearing, you know, Nike than – uh, Zach Johnson's caddy gets for wearing like a Transamerica hat or whatever. Um, so I, I, I don't know like what the what the numbers are or anything like that. But I, I have to believe that that uh, that Tim Mickelson's got some got some sweet looking Callaway gear in his future. So what is the future for Bones? That's that's the question, and I, I have a good over under for you. I, w- I wanted to see what you thought about this over under Bones's next job being as a caddy for so so I'm going to set the number at 25.5. Do you think the world ranking of his next boss is over or under that? I think it is a higher ranking. So whether that's over or under, I guess that we, I guess it would be under cuz I do I think that uh because there are so uh few cuz like what didn't Stevie Williams go straight from Tiger to Adam Scott? Yeah, well he went like from Tiger to retirement slash Adam Scott. So, uh-huh. I mean, he's like sort of working, but not really. But yeah, he, he's, yeah. Yeah, I he's, think he's with Adam Scott. I, I, th- I think that when you have that cachet, you're just already so far ahead on the caddy power rankings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, and I think that, I think it's going to be between, like, I don't think um, Bones is going to go caddy for like john Rahm? ross fisher J- ross fisher no not john rom that's a that's like a huge twitter rumor I, I just don't like why would john rom trade caddies right now he's got like nine top tens in the last three weeks or something um but yeah but I, isn't I there something to be said for the experience like for for everything that bones has seen and done and for all of those top tens in majors like there's like i, I just and this is where I guess I'm. I'm also pitching to you. Like, what is a caddy? What is a caddy worth? Because in, I cannot think of many on the PGA Tour who would be able to, you know, say they've been in those spots and had those experiences. And if experience, you know, leads to wisdom, then, uh, you know, I think that there would be less caddies that you would trade. Like, you would give up most caddies on the PGA tour to be able to get bones on there. Like, am I overvaluing his experience and what that might mean to a golfer? Well, I I think a cat, most of a caddy's worth has to do with what is the relationship with their player? Like, like anybody can add numbers together and get you, well, almost anybody can, can get you a yardage, like to the front of the, like what's your, what do you have to cover the bunker? Like you and I can go out there and do that for anybody. I don't know if we we'd probably be too nervous and screw it up, but right. the the real thing and, and Phil mentioned this is like 
talking guys into or out of things based on how well they know that guy. And that's such a personality thing. There's this famous uh, Tiger story about how on the 18th, the 72nd hole at Torrey Pines in 2008, he was in the rough on his approach. I think it was a par five. And he had like a, he had like 120 in. And Stevie knew that he was so jacked up that he get, I don't, I have, nobody knows if this is true or not, but it, it's a story that's floating around out there. He knew he was so jacked up that he gave him a club, uh, however you say it, lower than he asked for because club down fr- basically. Cl- yeah. He cl- he clubbed down one cause he was afraid that he was going to fly the green and because he he just could tell like how like juiced up Tiger was at the time. Not I mean not not literally, but like you know like he was there was a, adrenaline running and obviously he hits it on the green, makes a putt when uh, wins the playoff. You know major number fourteen and nobody I, I guess will know if that's ever true. We'll ever know if that's totally true. But that's what I'm talking about about knowing your guy so well that you can just read him inside and out. And that's what that's why Bones and Phil were so good. Michael Bamberger wrote a really good piece for golf.com about like, like Phil's like a lunatic. Like he's like a crazy genius. And bones was so good at both knowing how to talk to him and also communicating what Phil was thinking and doing to the media. Uh, cause, cause gen- you know, geniuses like that, like they don't wrote Phil like says crazy stuff and you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. And bones was able to kind of parse that out and explain what Phil was thinking. And that's, that's a tough job. And I, and I think, I think, I guess to say all that to say bones needs to find somebody who, um, is very interpersonal and very, um, like just, just, I think, I think he could work for basically anybody, but I think he would be best for somebody who is a little bit crazy. Like Phil needs to be uh, reeled in a little bit. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know who that person would be, but I, I think that that, addition to their kind of circle of people would be would be monumental for winning uh, tournaments and major championships bones for jt can we start the <laughs> campaign he, well jt's already got a really good caddy okay. jimmy johnson i believe is his name um I, yeah i don't I, I think it's fun to like hypothesize about like what about bones and speeth and then greller goes to roar like just all this like caddy caddy drama would be amazing people have talked you know i don't know if a lot of people but some people have kind of floated rory's name out there but him and jp have been together forever dj's obviously not switching ricky would be interesting but him and and joe scovron are are, uh, i think really good friends i don't know i mean adam scott makes a little bit of sense just because if stevie i don't don't know if he's actually going to ever retire but if he does i think that makes some sense um, I don't know. There's just not, there's not a ton of super intriguing names to me and realistically in the top 15. And that's why I think that it's going to be between getting a top 25 bag or going and doing TV, which I think bones would be really, really good at. Ooh. So who gets bounced from the, uh, live from desk? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't, yeah. Can't you see, I didn't see a ton of the Fox broadcast last week, but just throwing it to bones to offer some insight into, uh, I mean, even like, and, and golf channel does a good job of this. And, and, uh, a, a lot of the other broadcasts do as well. Like player caddy conversations. They're so fun to listen to, but sometimes they'll say stuff that you don't really know what they're talking about. Having bones to like interpret and offer his insight. I think that'd be amazing. I, I think agree. that would be just, 
a fantastic addition to anybody's coverage. I, I 100, I think that's, that's probably the move. You know what the hardest part about caddying is reading greens. I think I would just be <laughs> awful at that. That would, that's the one thing that would get me is like, I do, you're right. I could get out there and I could, I could have all of my yardages down. I could tell you that you need 232 to clear the hazard. I could do all of that, but then we're going to get on that green, especially the tournament greens. Now I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to make you lose a tournament. That's it's so hard when you, when you're not at a, like you don't caddy regularly at a place to read. I mean, there's another Stevie Williams. Story about the uh, when did Adam Scott won the Masters 13 um, when he beat Cabrera on that putt on 10 that he made to win it. Stevie read that because Adam Scott told him, I, I can't, I don't know what it is, I can't read it. And Stevie said, It's a cup and a half outside right or whatever it was, and he buried it. And <sighs> you win, you win your guy. I mean, you got to be, I mean, you take some stones to just be like, Hey, cup and a half outside right for the Masters. <laughs> it's not like. <laughs> It's not like, you know, for your club championship even. It's the freaking masters. masters. Oh. You got to be right. You got to nail it. And he did. Oh, so awesome. Well, you know, the caddy uh, golfer relationship really is about uh, good teamwork. And uh, just like you need to have the right caddy to be able to win a major, uh, you need to have the right employees to be able to have the most success within your business. And you can't find the best candidates by posting your jobs to just one site. No, you need to post your job to all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then what they do is they efficiently match the right people to your position. See, unlike those other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. In fact, it finds them, and over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's an easy-to-use dashboard so that you don't have to juggle emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place. So find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide because we've got a great offer for you, the first cut on First Cut with Kyle Porter podcast listeners. Here's what you do. You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut, and you can start forming your own winning team for free. Try it today. ZipRecruiter.com slash First Cut. Travelers Championship is uh, underway right now as we're recording first round action. Um, looks, we got some low numbers on the board. Jordan Spieth, four under through 12. The, one of the things that makes this uh, Connecticut-based tournament particularly interesting this year, Kyle, we've got a pretty good field. Yeah, it's, I mean, for, and I, I think I wrote this in my preview, but for a post-major championship tournament, it's a, it's an elite field. It's a, it's an A++ if we're grading on a, on a curve, because we got Rory, uh, Jordan Speed, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, um, a couple other names. I think Wesley Bryan is there and, and a few others. But, uh, yeah, good good stuff. And especially because, I mean, think about the last time we saw this course. We saw Jim Furyk just committing an act of arson and shooting and shooting a 58. What are we going to see from, like, Rory or, or Spieth on Sunday? I mean, we can see the, anything. Anything's in play. So um, I, I would like to point out, because I don't get to do this very often, but my, my pick this week, Randallette shot a what did he shoot? 65, 65 in round one? Yeah. Yeah. So he's within one of the lead. I feel I feel great about that. I feel very good. 67 from Rory. Uh 67 yeah. from Furick. P. Reed coming in with the 67. Uh where 
where do you think Rory's season will go from here? Man, it's it's such a good question. Um, he did not seem very disappointed about missing the U.S. Open cut. And I think, understandably, he had played once since the Masters. That's not a... It's not a tremendous recipe for anybody for for winning the U.S. Open. Um, you know, it, it's funny because you it, you go these like three month or four month stretches without a top guy winning, and it's like, oh, what's wrong with Rory? You know, what are we gonna do? It's like that guy's won two of his last ten PGA Tour events. <laughs> I don't. I mean, that's a it's a twenty twenty percent winning percentage is historically just unbelievable. And so, I, I don't I don't think. I mean, obviously, it's not nobody should hit the panic button or anything, but I don't think people realize just how recently he's won and he's going to be playing a lot this summer. Um, he's going to play the, I think he's, well, he's obviously playing the Irish open. You got the British open PGA championship where he has the course record at quail hollow. Um, I think that he's going to win. I mean, I really do. Uh, He needs, he needs, as tiger would say, he needs some reps. He needs to actually play. Um, but people, I don't know. People just forget like how, when he's, when he's clicking, like how unbeatable he is. Jordan Spieth, uh, and I think you wrote about this. Either if not, you maybe we uh, mentioned it. But Jordan Spieth, not un like not incredibly disappointed with his U.S. Open, right? Like oh, similar to Rory. Obviously, Jordan Spieth made the cut, but um, I th- I think that you might have written this. But in his post uh, round press conference on Sunday, the vibe from him just just did not seem like one of crushing defeat, right? Yeah, he praised the course. You know, he said that they should bring a U.S. Open back there. His thing right now, honestly, Chip, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. He's just not making putts. Like, he's st- he continues to be number one on the PGA Tour in approach shots, and strokes gained on approach shots, um, but he's just not putting well. And that's something that I, I think for him is not – what is he in putting? He is 40th in strokes gained putting, which is good, but it's not, it's not up to his standards. If he, um, you know, he, he just, he just needs to putt better. That's pretty much it because he's hitting the ball. Really well. He's not great off the tee. That'll get you into trouble. Obviously at a U.S. open, he's 108th in strokes gained off the tee. But, um, I mean, he could, he can win any week. Uh, people, People, he's not, it's not as easy to like view him as this elite golfer because he doesn't, he doesn't amaze you like with the way he hits it, like a DJ or a Rory, but he's just so consistently good. He's he's so consistently great. And, and to have nine wins at his age, I mean, it's just, it's just a joke. So he, he rolls a couple of putts in this week and, and he could pretty, pretty easily win the travelers. And you've got him as your top 10 lock. Yeah, I just feel like he's he's just playing at such a high level with his irons and it's such a it's such an easy course. I mean, we've seen 14, 15, 16 under, 20 under won this won this tournament uh, a, a couple of years ago. So, um he's one of the best scorers on the PGA Tour. I think he I think he could get the win. When we start to uh turn our attention to Royal Burkdale, which I guess at this point mm. are we less than a month away? Yeah, tasty. Yeah. I'm excited. What's uh, all right? So where where are the big storylines? Where are the big tournaments that are coming up in terms of uh, as we start to count down to the third major of the season? Yeah, you've got what is after this? Let me let me look that up. I think one thing I wanted to mention real quick: the biggest storyline for me going to Burkdale, it's got to be Sergio, right? Yeah, for sure. Because. So he's coming off obviously the win at the Masters. He he lost in a playoff in uh, was it oh seven or eight? Whenever 
the last open was there to to Padraig Harrington. I, I I just think I, I, he won't be the favorite, but in my mind, he he might be. Like he he might be the guy to beat going there just because of how well, well he's playing right now. Um, we've got Quicken Loans, Greenbrier, the fifth major, the John Deere, and then <laughs> and, and then the, and then the Open. So to you know, honestly, Chip, like. On the PGA Tour, there's not a ton for me there. Right, because there's, there's some European Tour events that are coming up. Exactly, exactly. We've got the Irish Open and the Scottish Open leading into the, the Open Championship, as the as the people the good people of Britain like to say. Um, I'm fired up about those. Really cool courses. There's a lot of guys going over, going over there to play. I know uh, Hideki Matsuyama and John Rahm are both, both playing in the Irish Open uh, Kind of, I don't know if that's as a favor to Rory, but I know that Rory, you know, his foundation uh, is a big part of that event, and he wants to try to get as many guys over there as possible. The Scottish Open has been a blast, honestly, the last few years. We saw was Ricky Phil, win that? No, Phil yeah, won we, that. We saw Phil won it in thirteen. I think Justin Rose in fourteen, Ricky in fifteen, and then Alex Noren last year. Uh, so it's been, a, I mean, that's a that's a big boy tournament all of a sudden, and, and especially leading into Birkdale. So I, I think. It's going to be some early mornings for for me over the next few months, but I'm excited about it. It's it's that time of year, and uh, it, it's always it's always a fun, I think, lead into the Open Championship. You know, uh, you know who's going to be who's going to be a, a big favorite of this podcast is uh, Mr. Fleetwood. Oh gosh, didn't he yeah. grow up on I'm, Royal Burkdale? I already picked him to win. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I already, I already submitted my picks. No, I'm. He he. Uh, they're playing in Germany. I, I got to tell the story. So he was um, after after he finished up at the U.S. Open last week. Uh, Rich Beam was interviewing him for Sky Sports, a little TV hit, and he asked him, you know, when are we? Gonna, this is the end of the interview, and he asked him, when are we going to see you again? You know, just kind of expecting. Oh, I'm going to take a couple weeks off or whatever. He goes, oh, I'm I'm not going to try to do his accent, but he goes, oh. I'm I'm leaving for Germany in a couple hours. I'm playing next week, European tour. And the way he said it was so like he was just like joyous about playing more golf. I was like, I freaking love this guy. Like he just wants to travel the world and play golf. What's better than that? He just finished fourth at the US Open. I know. I know. <laughs> like it, it was awesome. Yeah. Got it was great. Got it. Got it. Gotta be Fleetwood. Gotta be Fleetwood. So it's <laughs> so it, we like we're going to go into the Open Championship, and it is, it, it's going to be Sergio, it's going to be Fleetwood, it's going to be uh, whoever wins Scottish and Irish Open, you know, seeing if they can, can keep it going. And like all, all the while, you know, we're, we're sitting here and uh, the athletically arrogant Dustin Johnson just kind of <laughs> just lumbering around. He is, you know, and especially after missing the cut at the US Open, he's going to be. I don't know what he's playing in the lead up uh, to the to Burtdale. I, I guess he'll play. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Quicken Loans. I, I I don't totally know his schedule, but um, I mean him and him and Rory. It's just like man, they can just win any any time they go out there. You know, like I, I just it's uh, it, the next couple of years. I mean, we talked about this last uh, when was it. Monday, whenever we taped, but like, you know, what are we going to see over the next 10 majors? Like how many first time winners, how many repeat winners, a lot of, a lot of guys careers are going to be altered by the next 10, 15, 20 majors because, you know, 
if Rory wins three of those, all of a sudden he's he, he might be an all time you know like a top twelve or fifteen or ten player of all time. He's tied with Arnold Palmer. If if DJ wins two or three of them, all, all of a sudden he's historically great. Uh, if he's not already, if if they're all first timers, then you start to thinking about the start thinking about this generation a little differently. So I think that the the way the narrative in golf is shaped by major championships is completely fascinating. And I think we're going to get uh, a lot of that coming up at, at Burtdale and then Quail Hollow in August. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, you can follow Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Kyle will link up next week uh, so that we can wrap up the travelers uh, and look ahead. Enjoy it. Absolutely. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>